Hello, this is Stephen Shomide, the National Director for Cave Missions, coming live into your offices, into your homes from the city of Nina. I bring greetings to you in the name of God and I pray that we will enjoy our time together this morning. This morning I'll be sharing with you wherever your time is where you are i'll be sharing with you the three l dynamics of mission mobilization Um, i'll be sharing with you uh, certain ideas uh, from my own journey in reaching out uh, to unreached people groups some of the things that uh, god has taught me over the years and uh, this will be a blessing to you in order for us to be effective in raising prayer resources for missionaries for evangelists for churches that are working among rich people groups let's pray father i pray and i ask so god for your blessing on this uh, cast i ask father that you will Glorify your name among our rich people groups. You will touch our hearts, you will connect our hearts, and you will, oh God, Lord, make our rich people groups to come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through this audio cast, I pray and ask, oh God, that you will uh, bless our time together this morning. Take all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh yeah, aha. So we want to really go straight into the matter that we want to discuss: the three L dynamics of mission mobilization. Yes. As we look at this together, I will also be sharing with you some rich people groups that you can pray for. Uh, pray for the missionaries that are working there and um, uh, the almighty God will bless our time together yes okay so to begin with this discussion uh, I want to give definition to certain uh, words so that as we flow together we get a clearer meaning of some of the things that I shall be discussing with us the first, thing, the first word I want to uh, be very clear about is the word advocacy or advocates. Advocacy or advocates. The word advocacy or advocate actually means someone who pleads the cause of another. Specifically, according to the Free Dictionary by Farlex, uh, specifically, advocate is someone who pleads the cause of another before a tribunal or judicial court or a counselor. Someone who defends, vindicates, espouses any cause by argument or a pleader as an advocate of a free trade and an advocate of truth. So, the summary of the definition is that an advocate is someone that pleads for the cause of another. And when it comes to the work of missions, 
An advocate is a mobilizer. An advocate in the work of mission is a pastor, a mission, a missionary, a mission leader, an evangelist that pleads with the body of Christ, that pleads with Christians to shift focus on those who are already reached, even though there is still much work to be done among those who are reached with the gospel. An advocate pleads with the church, pleads with Christians, pleads with Christian professionals to put emphasis, to give priority focus on those tribes or on rich people groups that truly and really need the help of the church, that needs the, 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 the missionary might of the church focused on them in order for them to be reached with the gospel this is the work of an advocate okay so uh, we want to look at another word uh, or a group of words that we call people group when we talk about people group the simplest uh, definition or meaning that i can give to that is we are already familiar with the word tribe so when you hear the people group, people group is actually referring to tribe. But in some cases, in missions, we have discovered that tribe is a broader sense of um, uh, is a broader sense that most times gather together several other smaller people groups that they may understand the general language, but they have their own art language, they have their own mother tongue that they speak among themselves. For instance, when you talk about the Yoruba people, the Yoruba people, um, it's a very large tribe, but when you go among the Yoruba people, you get to begin to hear different languages among them, different dialects, you know, and um, the same thing goes, you know, for certain tribes uh, around the middle belt of Nigeria. Uh, in some other parts of the world also uh, where you hear a big tribe and but when you enter into their interiors you see smaller people groups that speak other languages you know that the majority of people inside that tribe may not actually be able to understand you have this in uh, south america you have it also in the Middle East among Muslims, where people generally take uh, Muslims to be Arabic, but it's, it, people who actually speak the Arabic language among Muslims are not many. Only that you have a uh, majority of Muslims now practice the Arabic culture, but not many of them actually speak Arabic. Okay, the three L dynamics. Of mission mobilization so what are we looking at this morning in the next few minutes God we bless our time together and so let's start the first L in the three L dynamics of mission mobilization that I want to share with you this morning the first L is learning learning in mission mobilization or 
doing advocacy for rich people groups and missionaries working among rich people groups the first l that churches church pastors missionaries and mission leaders evangelists who want to plead for the cause of reaching on rich people groups need to know is the word learning or learn advocates learn about two areas number one about the people group we've already discussed the meaning of people group you know the advocates uh, that we are talking about who are into mission mobilization whether you are mobilizing for prayer or you are mobilizing for resources or for projects among rich people groups advocates learn about two areas number one advocates learn about the people group learn about the culture of the people the environment the geographical futures the terrain and current status of things among the particular people group that they want to mobilize for number two the second thing the advocates learn about is to learn about the kingdom resources available for that particular people group and what do we mean by this when we talk about learning about the kingdom resources available for that people group we are talking about knowing who is working with or who could work with the people group we first find out is there a missionary presence among the people group if there's a missionary presence among the people group the first the, the, the second thing apart from learning about the people group that we need to know is to learn about the kingdom resources available in the hands of Christians in the hands of church leaders churches to know who is working with the people group who, who is there is there a missionary presence who is working with or who could work with the people group who is most capable and most uh, proper to be sent to work among that people group we need to look inside the kingdom we need to look inside the church we need to look among ourselves as Christians to really find out the resources available to us for us to effectively reach the people group. Each advocate will develop a unique unique network among kingdom resources, a unique network. Then, the second L in the dynamics of mission mobilization, the second L is that advocates need to link the right resources with the right opportunities i repeat the second l in the dynamics of mission mobilization is that advocates or mission mobilizers for the great commission work among rich people groups need to link the right resources with the right opportunities this is one of the major areas in the christendom among us believers christians this is one major area where we are facing a lot of crisis 
and the reason why i mention this aspect is because why this is a challenge why this is one aspect of this podcast that we need to really put and give attention to is because the church god already blessed the church in the world and in whatever part of the world you are hearing me you are listening to me god has blessed the church with enormous resources with great resources with wealth with money we have resources the church has been endowed with so much resources with so much capacity to really finish the work of the great commission but our major challenge is that we are not linking the right resources with the right opportunities we spend more money on things that should not be our priority focus the church spend more resources on certain areas of the cities of the world on certain areas of 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 the various countries of the world especially when we talk of the part of the world where i come from here in my own country the church spend much money on people on places on you know things that will not really that does not really warrant such resources we need to link the right resources with the right opportunities we need to link the right resources with the right opportunities opportunities are opening in spite of the challenges we are having in the world today opportunities are opening in the media in the social in the social media even though the social medias are coming up with new laws opportunities are opening up everywhere opportunities are opening up in 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 the aspect of geographical locations of unrich people groups many unrich people groups because of insecurity because of uh, the challenge of economy the challenge of power of uh, of of certain uh, things of you know um, natural phenomenon like um, uh, global warming and uh, war and um, uh, ethnic cleansing and all that opportunities are opening people are moving from their natural roots into locations where they can easily access the gospel so we need to link the right resources with the right opportunities then we move to the last L in the dynamics of mission mobilization advocates need to know this also that apart from learning apart from linking the right resources with the right opportunities advocates need to seek god to build love in their heart for the people group so the last l the third l in the dynamics of mission mobilization that i'm sharing with you today is love the first one is learn the second one is link the third one is love we should trust god to build love the capacity to love the capacity to be compassionate enough to be passionate enough in our hearts for the people group 
one of the best ways to begin is regular prayer to set time aside for regular prayer for the unreached people group i'll be sharing some unreached people group with us and um, you can find out in your own country in your own location where you are you can find out if you know any missionary you know any evangelist or you go to your church the uh, mission department make request demand that you want to know if the church is actually targeting any tribe or people group that um, that has a missionary presence uh, working among them demand to know the name of such people group for instance in my own location where i am um, even though we are trying to make sure that we don't have any unreached people groups uh, we don't have any unreached uh, people group in our own country uh, we have the Guandara people that are about 45,000 in population uh, majority of them are Islam these are engaged on rich people group in another podcast I'm going to explain some of these terms engage on rich people groups meaning that they have missionary presence but they are still to a great extent they are still unreached we have the kakanda people um, somewhere in the middle belt of nigeria we have the lopa people we have the laru people uh, with a very small population even though very small but very significant and uh, strategic people the laru people with 8600 in population also around the middle belt of nigeria we have the the bangawas we have the um asu people we have the akipawa we have the busa people we have the bauchi people you have the uh, the Kambari people you have the uh, basa people you have the um, shama people you have kamuku you have nupe you have bagi so these are some unreached people groups from my own end of uh, a location where I am. Um, you can find out, I've already told you how you can find out uh, some unreached people groups uh, in your own location. Go to your church. If you know any evangelist, you know any missionary, go to them, approach them. Ask that you would like to know uh, the name or the names of some of your unreached people groups in your own country or your own location so we already said that um, the third l is love we want to ask god to build the capacity to love these people group in our hearts these people are far away we may not even have direct access to see them they may be far away they may be across the ocean the atlantic ocean and they may just be across the streets. Remember I told us that presently we have some tribes or people groups that have been moved out of their natural uh, ground, out of their natural environment. They have been moved because of certain challenges and natural phenomena. They have been moved out. Many of them are just across the road, across the streets in our environment in our community where we have many of them uh, they are doing 
certain uh, uh, mania jobs that we may not be able to really notice that these are actually people groups tribes from unreached area that are, that God has brought closer to our own um, um, enclaves and uh, community right in our own community so one of the best way to begin like I said before is to set aside regular prayer for rich people groups as an advocate as an advocate prays and encourages um, others to pray God builds compassion in our heart more than anything today uh, we need advocates who can seek out others with potential interest to engage with these people groups, to engage with missionaries, to find out what the needs are so that we can be able to link the right resources with the right opportunities. So we need individuals who will work together as a team building relationships of trust and partnership with people from other churches, other denominations, from other uh, traditional backgrounds, from different approaches and from other countries. All around the world, from wherever you are located and you are hearing this podcast, you are hearing it for a reason. God wants to connect you with a great need for his kingdom to be enforced, to be established, to prosper among a people group. People group advocates must reach across the barriers which have kept unreached people unreached. One of these barriers is distance, it's the barrier of geography and God is breaking that down in this end time. Okay, so this is where uh, we are going to stop this podcast today. This is the end of today's episode. I hope you have gained new insights into why and how we can effectively reach those who truly and really need the gospel of Christ through the three L dynamics of mission mobilization. Learning, linking, and loving relationship. So, um, we really need to connect and ask God to build the capacity for us to do this work in front of us. You can reach me for your inquiries through my mail. My mail is steve s-t-e-v-e 96 cave c-a-v-e steve 96 cave at gmail.com I repeat steve 96 cave at gmail.com or send your comment also to me until the next time when i bring another topic your way it's me steven shomde saying bye bye and god bless Hello there. This is um, Stephen Shomide coming to you live 
from Mission Diet Audio Podcast. Thank you for listening to Mission Diet Podcast. We pray and ask that the Almighty God will continue to bless your ministry and all your desire to see the kingdom of God advanced among unrich people group. Thank you very much. So today, um, I'm happy to be with you again. Um, due to some challenges from my side of this country where I live in Nigeria, um, I've not been able to uh, come online or to do any podcast um, of recent. But I'm happy to be with you again this morning. Uh, sometime back, if you recall, I'm Stephen Shomide. Um, I just want to narrow down some things that I shared on this podcast some time ago. Uh, talking about the three L dynamics of mission mobilization. Um, I discussed in that podcast, I shared with you about three different L, the three L uh, dynamics of mission mobilization the first one learning the second one linking and the third one loving uh, so today i will narrow everything down uh, to the three dynamics of mission mobilization i will narrow down on the first one which is the learning part of the dynamics of mission mobilization if you are involved in uh, mobilizing your church, uh, mobilizing young people, uh, mobilizing uh, missionaries to engage um, on rich people groups, either through church planting, through female outreach, medical outreach, or through development work, uh, these three dynamics are very important, are very key to doing mobilizations within the church. And with church leaders. So today, I'm going to share uh, about uh, the aspect of learning when it comes to mission mobilization. Uh, you need to learn as a mission mobilizer, missionaries who want to mobilize the church, or a mission director, or a mission coordinator for evangelism in your church. We need to learn about two key areas <clears throat> when it comes to mission mobilization. We need to learn about two key areas. Uh, we need to learn about the people group uh, that we are trying to reach. So these are some of the things I want us to look at today. Learning about the people group, about the culture, about the environment, and the current status of missions and evangelism among the people we are trying to reach with the gospel. So, uh, what mobilizers for missions and Christians who want to partner with field missionaries, who want to mobilize churches, should know and understand are the things we want to look at today. Assuming um, you are a Christian, and you are willing to partner with a field missionary. What are those relevant factors that should direct your choice and the flow of your resources into missions? 
We have many Christians today who want to partner with field missionaries and um, they don't know what to do. For instance, many things in the church today have been labeled missionaries, but many of those things labeled as missionaries today in some churches doesn't have mouth to share the gospel. For instance, you see some churches put a label of missionary on their car. They put a missionary on the Bible. The Bible itself cannot talk until somebody opens their mouth to talk. Um, there are so many other things. We see many churches spending a lot of money on some things in the church or within the churches that are not actually mission-related. Um, the priority focus of such Christians of such churches are myopic in the sense that what they are spending money on, the way they are directing their choices and resources into missions, uh, uh, will not and cannot go beyond the four walls of their churches. The money and every resources they spend remain within the four walls of their churches. So if you are a Christian and you are willing to come into partnership, you want to engage with a field missionary, a missionary who is serving among an unrich people group, uh, who is working where you don't have a church, where you don't have a Christian presence, where the missionary is like the Savior. It's like Jesus Christ coming into our world when darkness covered the world. So what are those relevant factors that should direct our choice and resources in partnering with such missionaries? So we are focusing on learning today. So what are those things that we need to learn as Christians and churches that want to partner with field missionaries? Number one, we need to learn about the missionary and where he or she is working. So as a Christian that wants to engage, as a church pastor, as a church leader, and as a congregation that wants to know and partner and engage with a field missionary to work successfully on a mission field, the first thing we need to learn is to learn about the missionary. Like I said before, uh, there are so many people carry the name missionaries today, but you find them within a people group or within city centers, urban centers that are already surrounded and filled with churches. A missionary with a priority focus living and working among an unrich people group where there is no church presence and where you cannot find Christians should be the focus of our missionary engagement. When you want to find a missionary to partner with, I will suggest you find a missionary that is laboring among an unrich people group. An unrich people group. And if you want to really understand what do we mean by a people group what do we mean by a people group uh, an unrich people group uh, is known as eating people unrich people group also known as eating peoples 
These groups have no indigenous community of believing Christians. No fellowship, no church, no group gathering to study the Bible or to sing praises to God, either during the week or on Sunday. So, with no believing uh, Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize their own people without requiring assistance of Christians from outside of their tribe or people group. So, this is what we call an unreached people group. Like I said before, an unreached people group is a place where you will find or where you may find a missionary working. But the missionary is the only Christian, is the only representative of the church among that particular tribe. And that missionary deserves our attention. That missionary deserves our support. That missionary deserves our prayer, our backing as a church. That missionary is representing us. Is representing the church. Is representing the Christian community in the world among that particular tribe. When that tribe is looking for anything about Christianity, it is through that missionary that we discover Christianity. But that missionary is there and probably the missionary or the missionary family deserve our attention and our engagement and partnership. So we need to learn about the missionary where he or she is working. So the second thing, the second thing we need to learn uh, very briefly is to learn about the field, the location where the missionary is domiciled, the, the location where the missionary is. So we need to learn, as we learn about the missionary, let us also learn about the field, the location of the missionary. Is the missionary located within the city? Is the missionary located in an interior, in a remote village, in a remote location, in a particular location? I want you to understand something here. I'm not portraying here that missionaries within the city, within the urban centers, does not need our partnership and support. No. What I am particularly interested about here, what I'm particularly interested in here, is for us to, to engage with those with little or no support with little or no partnership that is the focus of this podcast so we need to learn about the the field the location of the missionary where is this missionary located is this missionary located within the city so even if it's located within the urban centers let us try and find out some other things about him but if he's located among an unrich people group you know or is located within a people group where probably maybe a church has been successfully planted among them, let us learn about the location of the missionary. In most cases, um, the people that really, the missionaries that really deserve the help of the church at this end time are those who are laboring among unrich people group because they are far away from the four walls of our churches. There are those who have traveled to nearby communities closer closer to the church. There are those who have traveled far away from their tribe into another culture, into another tribe. 
that are those who have traveled and they have even left the boundary of their own nation, their own country, and they have traveled outside of their own country to go to serve among people of another boundary, with another uh, sovereignty, with another nationality. We have different types of missionaries, but we should try to find out where is the location of this missionary that we want to engage with. Okay, now, remember the first one, we need to learn about the missionary and where it's working. The second thing, we need to learn about the field location of that missionary. Okay, so the third thing we need to find out, the third factor that should inform our decision, direct our choices and resources, flow of our resources, the third thing we need to learn about is to learn about the tribe. To learn about the tribe or people group where the missionary is located. We need to learn about the tribe or people group. What is the name of that tribe? What is the name of that people group? What is their culture like? You may be wondering, why should I bother myself about knowing the tribe, where the missionary is located? There is need for you to know a little background information about the tribe or the people group, where the missionary is located. The reason is, um, if you already know the missionary, then you know that the missionary is located within a particular place. The next thing is you need to know to have a background information about the tribe because you will need to pray for that tribe. That's number one. As you pray for that tribe, there is need also for you to know whether that tribe or people group is hostile to outsiders or friendly to outsiders. The second thing you need to know is you need to know the name of the tribe and, and their culture to also know if there are resources, if there are written materials, literatures in the language of that tribe and people group. These are some of the resources and things that can help your partnership with the missionary. So there is need for us to have a little background information about the tribe or people group where the missionary is located. It's also good for you to know about this tribe because when you know the name of the tribe and the culture of this tribe, where the missionary is located, it's also going to inform your decision about what you should expect whenever you are visiting that particular missionary on the field. Okay? So, the number four factor that we need to learn about um, that will direct our choices and flow of resources is that we need to learn about the culture of the tribe and people group. You need to learn about the culture of the tribe or people group. If it is the Bauchi people, if it is the Nope people, if it is the um, Igbo people, you need to know uh, if you are from a very distant culture and you are partnering with a missionary in a different distant culture you need to know a little about that culture so that when you go into that culture you will not behave in an offensive manner that will bring conflict and adverse effect to the work 
of the missionary that you want to partner with in order for him to be successful on that, on that field. So if you don't know anything about the culture of Igbo people and you are coming from a place where you swallow food, when you put food in your mouth, you swallow food. And you are going to meet your missionary among a tribe that when they put food in their mouth, they will first chew the food, chew it very well before swallow. And you go to that particular tribe, probably when you swallow food in that particular culture, people are going to uh, be suspicious about you. They will look at you as a stranger, as somebody who is a misfit in their community. So that is about that. Now, the fifth factor we need to consider when learning about the missionary or the people group where he's serving is we need to learn about the people's contact. We need to learn about the tribe's contact or history with Christianity. This tribe, this tribe that we are talking about, where the missionary is located, for how long has the missionary been there? Or... Is there any history? Can we trace the history of the people and their contact with Christianity? So there is also the need for us to get some of this information. Some of this information, I'm not asking you as a Christian or as a pastor for you to directly go and gather this information. This information, you can get it through the different missionaries that you know. And if you don't know any missionary, you can get it through um, the mission organization or mission agencies uh, where you have several missionaries working under them or with them and then you gather this information and if you don't have this information you can contact me and i will direct you to a national association in nigeria where you can get information about any culture any tribe in nigeria and if it is within the west african country or within the Africa, or within Africa, or within Asia, you just contact me, and I will give you a meaningful and relevant links where you can get some of this information and know about the contact or history of that tribe with Christianity. If that tribe does not have any contact with Christianity, there is no history uh, and traces within that uh, tribe or people group. There is need for us to really dig information out, probably through the missionaries, like I said earlier, so that the missionary can be successful. Um, I would like to say here that within any people group, um, there is this uh, passage, there is this verse in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, God has left eternity in our hearts. There is a vacuum in every people group, in every tribe. There is a vacuum that God has left there. And inside that vacuum, um, uh, there is this quest, there is this searching in the heart of humankind to know God, to relate with God. But because of the, um, the, the big problem that exists between mankind and God, because of the sin factor, the problem of sin, uh, there is need for uh, us to, to be right with God. For, there is need for man to make amends. There is need for man to repent, 
to acknowledge his sin nature, his sinful nature, to acknowledge his condition as miserable, and then confess faith in Christ as the Savior, Messiah, and the Lord of all. So when we do this, then we come, uh, we become Christians, we are saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ washed us. So, but in, in history of every people group, there is one thing or the other that has brought them close to the knowledge of God's redemptive plan for mankind. And these are things that missionaries are always seeking to find out when they are working among any people group. So, if the missionary has not gotten far in his work among any tribe, he may not really get to know some of this contact with Christianity and the redemptive uh, plan and nature that God has planted in every tribe until the missionary discovered that and then he can now contextualize the gospel to use that to preach to the people. Well, I don't want to bug you with so many uh, concepts uh, of gospel presentation here. But the last thing that I'll discuss with us here before we close this podcast for today is that we as Christians, church leaders, and churches that want to engage with missionaries in partnership, we need to learn about the current status of the missionary. Not just the current status of the missionary, we need to know the current status of the missionary, of the development stage, where the community is, and then the structure within that community. When you are engaging um, a field missionary in partnership, you need to learn the current status of that. Is the missionary married? How many children do they have? Are the children going to school? Where are they going to school? What is the wife doing? How is the missionary sustaining himself in that tribe? We need to learn about some of these things. We need to learn about the development uh, stage or stages within the culture. If there is any infrastructure among the people where the missionary is located, what are those uh, infrastructures? Do they have water? Do they have electricity? Do, do they have hospital? Do they have um, uh, uh, schools, primary schools, uh, secondary schools? And do they have other things within that community? Do they have a police station and all that? So some of these things are the things we need to find out. And we need to know the structure within that community. We need to know what is the structure obtainable among these people. How do they pass information? How do they communicate with within themselves and how do they how do they do things and things like that so these are some of the things we need to know because they will really inform our decisions on how we channel our resources and make our choices in what we would like to see happen in the life and in the work of our missionaries okay so this is where i will stop today and I hope God has um, blessed you in one way or the other. Um, 
I'm waiting to hear from you about any question or contribution on how to make this podcast better. If you want to engage with any missionary, please let me know. I am your regular host on Mission Diet Audio Podcast. My name remains the same. I am Stephen Shomide saying God bless you and bye. Hello. Good day to you. And greetings to all our friends and leaders out there. My name is Stephen Shomide. I'm back on Mission Diet Audio Magazine. I want to sincerely thank God for your initiatives, for your partnership, networking with missionaries, with mission leaders, to glorify God through your lives and in your engagement with workers among the remaining unreached people groups in order for us to finish the task of not just word evangelization but planting a viable indigenous churches and discipling themselves among the remaining people groups in the world. So, on this Easter edition of Mission Diet podcast, we shall be connecting the second L dynamics in mission mobilization with the whole essence of Christ dying a gruesome but redeeming death. Last week, I elaborated on the first L, the first L in the three L dynamics in mission mobilization. The first L, which is learning. But today, we shall be looking at the second L, which is link or linking. What are we linking here? The second L in the three L dynamics of mission mobilization is on linking right resources with right opportunities. Linking right resources with right opportunities. And we want to connect this with the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is Easter period. And we all know that Easter is about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to quickly um, read one or two passages from the scriptures. Um, probably we are familiar with this. The first one is from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 that says for you know for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be made rich the Lord became pure uh, he became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich 
The second scripture that I want to uh, read is from the book of Colossians, the letters of Paul to the Colossians as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. And you that, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. So, in the first instance, in the first passage where we read, we saw there that though the Lord was rich, yet he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made, made rich, rich in faith, rich in our daily walk with God. And then the second scripture uh, clearly uh, put it straight for us that we were sometime alienated and we were enemies. When it comes to our relationship with God, God looked on us as enemies because there, is, there was a division that separated us from God. But now, Jesus Christ, through his death in his body, has reconciled us back to God. He has reconciled us back to God, and at the same time, he wants to be able to present us at the end of time back to God, holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. So, we are talking about... Um, Linking the right resources with right opportunities, and what has this got to do with this particular uh, Easter period that we are in presently all over the world? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has a lot to do, and has so many. Uh, 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 keys for us for us to be able to connect and engage with the world that Jesus Christ died for. Jesus not, did not only come to teach, to heal, and to train his disciples to reach out to the world, but the main purpose of his coming was to open the door of forgiveness for all men by his dying on the cross. So, Perhaps you find this hard to understand. You will not be the first to, uh, to find this difficult to understand. This, the disciples of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 from verse 31 to 34, were also dumbfounded when Jesus Christ told them the reason why he will die. He told them how he will die, how he, how he will be prosecuted, how he will be treated. He also told them the manner of execution that he will be put through. So, but the reaction and the, 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 the attitude or the, the sentiments, the emotions of the disciples did not allow them to, to ask Jesus Christ to really uh, explain to them. But on three different occasions, Jesus Christ told them that he will die and that on the third day we rise from the dead. So, we are still looking at 
how this is connected to the work of missions, especially the second L in the three dynamics of mission mobilizations. Linking right resources with right opportunities is something that the church, mission leaders, church leaders, general overseers, apex leaders of the church throughout the world and in this country, Nigeria, need to seriously sit down to analyze and to reprioritize how they deploy the resources of the church. In this particular edition today, uh, if you can get your pen and your uh, writing material, your paper, I want to make a list, two different lists. I want to make a list and then a second list. The first list is about right resources available in our churches today. And these resources, um, they are 12 in number. The ones I want to mention, you may be able to look at any other resources again in your church, but I'm going to list 12 major resources that we have in our churches today that we need to begin to connect with right opportunities uh, that exist today among rich people groups and all over the world. So I will start by looking at the various resources available in our churches today. The first resources that we have, or the first uh, on the list, is prayer. Prayer and intercessors. Every Christian can pray. We have so many churches doing all night prayers. We have so many intercessors all over the world in our country. We can we have so many Christians who are praying. And we can channel these our prayers. We can channel our prayers toward finishing the task of the Great Commission. So we have many prayer warriors, we have intercessors, but if we are to look at our prayer request, what we are praying for, we are practically praying for God's blessings, for deliverance, for breakthrough, and so many other things. We pray for leaders, we pray for our nations, but we need to pray thy kingdom come. Not all our prayers are channeled towards bringing down the kingdom of God here on earth and doing the will of God among the nations. So we need to direct our prayer warriors to pray and focus their prayers on missions, on rich people groups, on uh, missionaries who are working among rich people groups, family missionary families, missionary children, who are living among rich people groups where you don't have basic infrastructures and uh, schools to raise their children and all that. Yet these missionaries are there. So we need to redirect our prayer focus away from just asking God for blessings to God making us a blessing to the nation. God should make us channels of blessings to the nations. 
The second on my list here, looking at the resources available in our churches, the second on my list is we have laborers. Laborers. We have so many laborers. The numbers of Christians in my country exceed 50 million, uh, probably close to 55 million or more. So when you look at these 55 million, how many of them are actually evangelistic or evangelical in nature? How many are serious about making Jesus Christ known and glorified in their neighborhood, across the streets, and probably across the sea? So we have so many Christians in our churches, potential laborers who are outside of the harvest, who are within the four walls of our churches. And then when Jesus Christ look at the nations and look at our churches, then Jesus Christ will almost break down in tears because we have so many people in our churches now who are not burdened about what, what has burdened the mind of Christ. We have so many Christians who are careless, who are less concerned about what happened to these or rich people groups you know so we have so many christians in our churches but they are not mindful that we have been saved to serve to serve so we have so many laborers in the church or in our churches that we need to connect with the opportunities on the mission field many of these are laborers Many are there looking for work, looking for job opportunities, looking for employment, looking to government to employ them and be paying them salaries. And whereby the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is looking for laborers, looking for people to be employed and deployed into the harvest. And our Christians in our churches are withdrawing application. They are not applying. They are not interested in the service of the kingdom. This should not be the case. The Bible talks about the fivefold ministries in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And the Bible said that these fivefold ministries are meant to prepare Christians, to prepare disciples, to prepare members in the body of Christ for the work of the ministries. So if Christians within our churches are not interested in serving the master, in serving the purpose for which Christ died, for which we are celebrating Easter, then we need to ask our leaders serious questions why we have so many youths in our churches who are disconnected from kingdom opportunities. Opportunities to be teachers in the mission field. Opportunities to even be teachers within the urban centers opportunity for those who are learned to engage people who have relocated from their culture, from their countries, and they have come close. They have relocated from their own cultural environment, from their own bad location, where they gave back to them. They have relocated to our areas within our communities and we cannot engage these people is a serious problem number three on my list of resources available in our churches is we have so many christian literatures christian literatures literatures in english 
literatures in the language that we understand that we can read very well we have so many books books from all over the world books written by men of god in our own country that are on sale everywhere we have so many literatures but these literatures are meant to build um, the life of christians to disciple younger christians but these literatures can really be found in other languages that are required to reach some of these unreached people groups. For instance, you need to you are working among the Cambodian people, and then you want to uh, use the book of Oswald Chambers. And for you to use that book, you need to first look for somebody who will break that book down and interpret it and translate it into the Hausa language, and then they now use that to translate it into the Cambodian language. So we have so many literatures all around us. We buy books every now and then. We have big libraries with books, books that we have read 20 years ago, books that we have read 34 years ago. They are still standing there on our library, but we don't need those books again. Those books have blessed our lives, no doubt, but can we get this same um, type of uh, labor, this, this same type of effort? Can we put this type of effort in translating these literatures into languages that can benefit and make the presentation of the gospel relevant and meaningful to unreached people groups. So, I go to number four on my list of right resources available in our churches today. Another thing that we have in our churches today available is gospel recordings. We have gospel recordings. We have it on our phone. We have it in memory cards. We have it in the proclaimer. We have it in the different uh, version of it, in cassette and in video and all that. So we have gospel recordings. The entire gospel, entire Bible, epistles from the Bible have been recorded. Audio recordings, video recordings, they have been recorded. And these are available to tribes and rich, I mean people groups that have been reached with the gospel. So this is right resources. Uh, this is a right resource for us to reach uh, these uh, unrich people groups. Can we get the same resources to put them into the languages of other tribes that can help missionaries to focus and to reach other tribes? So we need to really work on this aspect also. The number five resource uh, in this list is seminaries. Right resources available in our churches. We have seminaries, we have school of mission, we have primary, secondary schools and all that. We have well, um, well-grounded professors, um, teachers, lecturers, trainers that are handling our seminaries, handling our school of mission, that have even established primary and secondary education. Some churches have gone uh, forward to uh, 
to start uh, some yeah, to start tertiary institutions, universities, college of educations, and all that. So we have this existence among already rich tribes. Rich tribes. Talk about the Igbo people, the Yoruba people, the uh, the Hausa communities in the core north of Nigeria. You have some of these things established already there, but the impact of this, we can further use the impact of these seminaries, school of missions, primary and secondary education to further reach on rich people groups. So we need to think about this. I cannot see any seminary among the Kanuri people. There is no seminary among the uh, Enupe people. There is no seminary among the Bagi people. You have Bible schools, you have school of missions, um, but the impact of this is they are still very minimal. So we need to further improve on these resources available within our within the reach of our churches, within the walls of our churches, and focus them uh, to connect them with the right opportunities on the mission field. Another thing that we have in our churches that is uh, on my list is money. The Nigerian church is so rich, we are so rich, and then we have money in our churches. We have money in our churches, and we also have leaders who are not interested in uh, raising disciples, but they are interested in raising their bank accounts. We have church leaders who are not interested in the spiritual well-being of people, but they are interested in the money of members. They are interested in the money and offering tithes of members to buy houses outside of their country, to buy jets, to buy uh, exotic cars and all that, but they are not really interested in using this money to deploy them to support and partner with those who are serving among unrich people groups. The church in my country, the church in this country, Nigeria, we have money. There is so much money in the Nigerian church that even the federal government is interested in getting their own share of money from the money of the church. They have seen it that ministers of the gospel are so rich. Some of them are richer than the country. Some of them are running their churches and ministries, their seminaries, their, their different establishments. They are running those things very well with the offerings and tithes that they are raising. But then, can the church focus this wealth, this money? Can we focus the money of the church on actually reaching these unrich people groups? Your church, my church, the church belongs to Jesus. We all belong to Jesus. But Anyone that you see that is now fighting for a church, saying, this is my church. I started this church. I started this ministry. I'm so, uh, this is my ministry. That is very wrong. This is, so, these are some of the reasons that made the money of the church 
uh, to be tied down within the four walls of the church. We felt that our, the money should be spent within the four walls of the church. The money should be spent for members to see what their money have been used to do. But these are all very wrong views uh, for tying the money of the church down within a location. God has blessed the church in order to be a blessing to the nations. God told Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing to the nations. In you, all the families of the heart shall be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. So this is the purpose why God has so much blessed the church. Psalm 67, God, the Bible says, God be merciful unto us and bless us. And cause your face to shine upon us, that your saving power might be made known among the nations. It is when God has blessed us that we can be a blessing unto the other. So, my encouragement here is that we should be careful how we tie the money of the church down to things, to projects, to things that will not make missionaries who are serving among unrich people groups will make that we frustrate the work of evangelists who are serving among unrich people group no number seven um, in order to be very fast number seven is christian professionals we have christian professionals all over our churches uh, those who are executive those who are uh, within the government and all that we have so many christian professionals and this can be uh, very key in order for us to reach the nations. Um, number eight, we have technology. Uh, we have so much uh, to do with technology, even in the way we run our church services these days. So we have technology within the reach of the church. We can use different things to make uh, church services and programs uh to reach out to more uh, audience, to the community where the churches exist, and to even communicate with uh, people hundred or hundred thousand miles away uh, from the from where our church churches are located. So we have technology, and these technologies are coming on. They are being renewed every day. New technologies are being introduced to the world. Number nine, we have the big media and satellite broadcast. All these are resources within the use, within the reach, within the reach of the church. We have these things within the reach of the church, and we can use this, connect the big media and the use of satellite broadcast to connect with the right opportunities that are available on the mission field. How are we? After this, now I will go on to just mention some of the opportunities available uh, for the church to use these resources. We have land space and structure. We have land space and structure. Where, where our churches exist uh, uh, and where Christians have been established and growing very well, where there is less persecution and all that, you will discover that churches have land space. They have very good structure. Structure in terms of physical structure and then in terms of administrative structure. Uh, so, but how do we use this, uh, this our space and the structure that we have to connect with opportunities available on the mission field? Number 11, 
we have coordinated association network of ministers you have the christian association of nigeria you have the pfn you have the cpfn you have uh, uh in gambia they have the the gambia association of uh, christians and all that they have the uh, the gambia pentecostal fellowship and all that so in the different countries where the church have been entrenched and established you have coordinated association and network of ministers but among rich people groups in the mission field you don't have this network this coordinated effort to bring missionaries together in fact some missionaries are working in their various corners without knowing who is where and we need to be able to use our network and association and link this our association and network with the right opportunities that exist on mission field i want to quickly bring an example of a minister a senior colleague in the southern part of this country who god is using mightily to connect with can to connect with pfn in order for them to connect and and engage with opportunities on the mission field we need to pray for such leaders number 12 the last on my list among the the resources we have available in our churches we have equipment we have musical equipment we have uh, uh, equipment to to raise our buildings we have equipment for publishing we have uh, equipment in the health sectors for those who have established hospitals and clinics and all that we have all this all these are available to our churches but we need to be able to link them with the opportunities that are on the mission field let me quickly run a list of the opportunities i will not um uh i will not be tempted to explain these opportunities number one humanitarian problems we have humanitarian problems in some parts of the world today that if we can connect the resources available in our churches to this areas of the world will be able to enter the mission field and then prosper in working among them we have unemployment as number two number three we have the arab spring arab spring or uprising meaning cry for change uh, among muslims in the middle east there is this cry for change and the church need to connect with these opportunities to harvest the souls in the middle east number four global terror rise in global terrorism causing muslims to ask questions about their faith number five migrations including those of refugees uh, who have migrated and moved out of their uh, to their locations where they have been uh, popular where they are where they are renowned and all that they have moved to different locations as refugees so we need to connect with these opportunities many people have been moved out of the north of nigeria to the southern part of nigeria number six job and study opportunities many saudi students look forward to being admitted for studies in the u.s and then we have turkey uh, universities also coming to nigeria to come and look for students and then to give them scholarships so number seven sporting events we have fifa world cup in russia 2018 qatar in 2022 and um, 
so these sporting events they present opportunity also for the church to reach out because many people travel from their own country to go to watch these events and then it can be a great opportunity to make new friends number eight the internal rift within some religions of the world like between the sunni and the shiites in islam hinduism and then uh, in buddhism number nine satellite and internet opportunities these are some of the opportunities available on the mission field all around the world number 10 increase in visa on arrival countries these are opportunities that are available for us you are going to gambia you pay for your visa on arrival you are going to kenya you are going to uh, ethiopia and all that uh, some of these countries are trying to uh, reduce uh, the restriction on uh, how people enter their country. Number 11, language learning opportunities with scholarship. Number 12, modern day technologies, smartphones and inventions. For instance, we have the memory card, external, external drive, Zoom, WhatsApp, Facebook, etc. These are some of the avenues now that you can use to share your faith, to share the gospel and to carry the gospel to some countries without necessarily carrying printed Bible. I remember when I went to Gambia, the, the first time I went to Gambia, I had to put my Bible in a tablet and um, and uh, the second time when I went with some printed materials for missions training to organize a training for some leaders in Gambia, um, they wanted to seize those printed materials at the airport in Gambia, but uh, God just gave a favor and all that. So we have opportunities uh, to link the right resources when it comes to modern technologies uh, for our use among our rich people groups. Advancement in transportation network number 14, the romance between the West and the Arab world, the use of satellite transmission for the gospel with no need for visa or permit. And then lastly, medical and business tours to Middle East and Asia. So these are some of the opportunities existing on the mission field. And like I mentioned earlier, the 12 resources available in our churches. Now, I want you to look at yourself. I want you to consider some of the resources that you have available in your house, in your church, in your office. How can you connect some of these resources with missionaries? How can you connect these resources with the mission agencies for them to deploy to the mission fields? My prayer is that the Almighty God will continue to help us, especially as we celebrate the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. It is me, Stephen. I would love to hear from you. Please reach me on 070-3064-7775. Again, 070-3064-7775. I love to get your feedback. Thank you very much. It is me, Stephen Shomide, saying God bless you and bye-bye.
Good morning. I'm Stephen Shomide from Cave Missions. I welcome you once again to Mission Diet Audio Podcast, uh, the audio magazine of Cave Missions. I want to bless the name of the Lord for keeping us alive and keeping us strong. And um, I'm so happy to be with you again this morning. I thank God for all your prayers, all your support to Cave Missionaries, to our projects. I thank you. I appreciate you on behalf of Cave Missions. We pray that the Almighty God will continue to bless you, will continue to keep you, will continue to guide you in all that you do. We pray that your labor for the Lord will never be in vain in the name of Jesus. Uh, Today... Um, I want to conclude a series uh, of uh, messages or podcasts that I've given concerning the 3L dynamics of mission mobilization. Uh, the last time that uh, I was on this uh, podcast, uh, we dealt with the second L in the dynamics of mission mobilization, which is linking right resources with right opportunities. We've already dealt and uh, we've already gone, we have gone through the learning uh, uh, dynamics and then we dealt with the issue of linking right resources with right opportunities the last time uh, I was on air. Thank you very much for playing the podcast of cave missions this mission diet audio magazine thank you for playing thank you for sharing and uh, i'm still expecting your feedback as you share with others please let us have your feedback you can send your feedback to steve nice's cave at gmail.com steve nice's cave at gmail.com so today we'll be looking at the third L dynamics of mission mobilization for rich people engagement. Uh, many churches want to be involved in missions. Uh, many uh, groups also want to partner with missionaries and things like that. Some Christians want to personally engage with missionaries and uh, they don't know where to start from. So. I want to still encourage you to uh, share this podcast with friends who would like to engage with missionaries, to partner with missionaries, to get to know the challenges of missionaries in order for them to be able to partner and do their own bit in the great commission task of reaching the whole world with the gospel. Today, we'll be looking at the third dynamics of mission mobilization. And the third L in this dynamics of mission mobilization, in order for us to engage with missionaries on the mission field, um, we'll be looking at love. The third L in the 3L dynamics of mission mobilization is love. Yes, love. This is one word that uh, 
that we need more than any other thing in the world today. It is because of this love that God sent His only begotten Son into the world to die for, uh, for us and to, to redeem us from destruction, to redeem us from eternal damnation and to bring us back into fellowship with God, into communion with God. So, the love dynamics in mission mobilization is very essential, is key to a long and lasting engagement with missionaries on their mission field. Advocates and partners with missionaries must seek and pray to God to build love in their hearts for their target people groups. So we need to ask God to put the love of these people in our hearts. We are not just trying to connect with missionaries just because we also want to know that yes, we are doing missions. No, but we want to connect with missionaries because God loved these people. Jesus Christ that came to die for the world died for everybody. Jesus did not just die for me. He did not just die for you that have become a Christian. Jesus died for all Muslims. Jesus died for all Buddhists. Jesus died for all Hindus. Jesus died for all Taoists. Jesus died for everybody in the world, including those who are in traditional religion. Jesus died for all. And in order for us to reach out to these people with the gospel of salvation, we need to have that capacity to love them. Yes, we need to have that capacity to be able to love them. So we must ask God himself to put the love for these people in our hearts. It is only God who can put the love for these people in our heart. We may not have the power, the ability to love these people because many of these people that we are talking about, some of them are unlovable. Some of them, uh, when you look at what is happening all around, you'll be wondering, can we really love these people? Recently, somebody called me, a mission leader uh, from a very uh, one of the largest denominations in Nigeria, their mission leader called me, asking me to help them uh, find a place where we can keep uh, a Fulani convert. This denomination happened to be one of the richest and one of the largest denominations in Nigeria, but they don't know what to do with a Fulani convert. And the, the reasons are not far-fetched, you know. The reasons for this, uh, when you look at the community, you look at what is happening in Nigeria, you look at what is happening in the, in the, in this, in the Sahel of the, of the Sahara, you notice that many people are skeptical about Fulanis who are coming to the Lord. So we need to have the capacity to be able to identify these sincere seekers and then to be able to care for them, to be able to nurture them up with the sincere milk of the word of God. Okay, so these are some of the things that uh, we need to come to terms with. These are things that we need to really settle down to 
to accept, to understand that the basic demands of the gospel on the on rich people groups, these people that we want to come into the fold, they have to abandon everything and then leave everything to come. But when they are coming, we must be careful as a church. We must be careful as as a denomination, as a mission group, we must be careful as a missionary, we must be careful as an evangelist, we must be careful not to tamper with what God is doing in the journey of faith of these people by showing resentment and hatred. So, the Almighty God will continue to help us we are living in dangerous times but at the same time we want to ask god to build love in our hearts for these people so you you might be one you might be wondering how can how can we have love in our hearts for this target people target people group some of these people group probably maybe we have not even come in contact with them you know for the first time we have never met them before and um, we are just getting to know them from a missionary from a church from a department in our church but how can we really develop love for these people so i'm going to attempt to give three major steps uh, to building love for strategic mission engagement yes God is the one who build this love in our heart for them. But then there are three things that I just want to quickly point out uh, for us to know. Uh, as God build loves in our as God build this love in our heart for these people group, for missionaries, for converts, uh, these three things that I want to share with you, and I'll give you instances and examples from our own uh, ministry activities so that you can really understand uh, how God is building uh, love in our hearts for these people. The Bible says the love of God is shared abroad in our heart. So God wants to love people. God wants to reach out to people. But God cannot reach out to this target people group without love in our hearts. So before I go into sharing these three, uh, three steps, I want to first read from Matthew chapter 9 verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36, which reads, But when he saw the multitude, when the Lord saw the when Christ saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When he saw them, he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So when you look at this particular verse of, uh, of the scripture, uh, Jesus Christ, when he saw the multitude, uh, he saw the multitude. So, and then after seeing the multitude, the Bible says he was moved in his bowels. He was moved heart with compassion with compassion compassion active pity 
not just pitying the people, not just doing, hey, yeah, sorry, sorry, hey, yeah, sorry. No, Jesus Christ was moved with compassion, meaning that he took a definite step of action to move into their situation to bring solution. So Jesus Christ was moved with compassion because these people that he saw, they were fainted. I mean, they are fainted. Uh, he saw them scattered abroad. He saw them that they, 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 they were like sheep with no shepherds. So the same thing is happening today among unrich people groups. Uh, many unrich people groups, uh, when you look at them, when you look at their spiritual condition, when you look at their their spiritual states, many of them, even though missionaries have started work among them, many of them are fainted. Many of them have been scattered by bandits and kidnappers and gunmen, you know, and many of these unreached people groups are scattered. And the places where they have been scattered to, uh, 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 they don't have any shepherd to look after them. But we have the shepherd of Israel who cares for them, who wants to build love, capacity to love, capacity to show compassion in our heart to reach out to them. For instance, uh, Cave Mission started work among Bauchi people uh, some time ago, uh, I think 1998, uh, and among the Ura people in the northern part of Nigeria. And we have been able to establish churches among these tribes until persecution, opposition, until bandits and gunmen started attacking. And then these people today, where we have planted churches, the people have been driven out of their communities. Many of them have been scattered to different locations, you know, and we are even finding it difficult to be able to locate all of them. So this is just what we are talking about. This is what this is like what Jesus Christ saw in Matthew chapter 9, 36. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. I pray today that as you listen to this pod, podcast, as I share about uh, uh, real-time uh, situations, experiences from our own mission activities, I pray that the Almighty God will move your heart with compassion to take a definite course of action to do something about what you are hearing. So, the second uh, scripture that I want to read is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Here, Jesus Christ uh, uh, was uh, making a statement of fact. Wherever your treasure is, you are always, your mind is always going there. Your heart is always there. You don't forget where you keep your treasures. Something that is of valuable to you, of great worth to you, you don't forget such things. And in this context of what we are sharing today about love, love for the target people group uh, where missionaries are working, we are talking about sending our treasures 
you know, and uh, making these people to be to become treasures. We treasure these people groups. We treasure this combat to a to, to to an extent that they become like gold. They become like diamond that people keep in banks. People keep you know with security uh, uh, institutions so that they keep the worth of their. Uh, treasures they keep these um, uh, items you know for the future for the sake of the future you know so it's just like what Jesus, what God said about the children of Israel that they are his treasure in the entire world the Jewish people the Israel the nation of Israel is seen by God as his treasure and so this is just an example of how we can treasure people groups how we can treasure missionaries in our heart we treasure we, we take missionaries as our treasures we take converts as our treasure we don't talk with them we don't joke with them we are so careful what we do with them and so this is what jesus christ was referring to when he said where your treasure is there will your heart be also so when god built love for mission uh for missions for missionaries for rich people group for converts when god build love in your heart you take these people groups you take these mission fields as your treasure now let me mention these uh, steps very quickly the first step to building love for strategic mission engagement for strategic mission engagement number one is uh, one of the best way to begin is regular prayer for the unreached people group. As partners with missionaries and mobilizers praise and encourages even others to pray for these mission fields, for these people groups, for missionaries, for missionary families, God builds compassion. When we make it a regular uh, uh, affair, God builds compassion in our hearts. I know people who have been praying for cave missionaries, they have been praying for cave mission field for more than 15 years. For more than 15 years. And this is the type of what we are talking about. When you make prayer for mission field, for missionaries, for people groups, where missionaries are laboring, you make it a regular affair before God. God builds compassion in your heart. Number two, one of the ways by which God builds love in our heart as we try to reach to the nations is that we should try to get first-hand information about the state of your target people group, about the mission field. Try to get first-hand information about the current situation on that mission field. Uh, I cited an example uh, in two of our mission fields in the north of Nigeria uh, where uh, presently Cave Mission is planning to send relief materials to our converts and probably other Christians who have been scattered into five different locations in three local governments of Nigeria. So, this is uh, 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 
this is the situation on that mission field. In that, on that mission field now, people have been scattered. People have been driven out by kidnappers and gunmen. So they have been driven to different other, I mean, other locations. And then, when you have information about the current status on that mission field, you will know exactly how to pray. And at the same time, God uses the information you are getting to build love in your heart. The last thing I want to share very briefly is about the last scripture that I read in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, The other side of the coin of this scripture, of this passage, is that when you send your treasure to the mission field, when you send your treasure for needs, to take care of needs in the lives of missionaries in the mission field among the nations, God uses this also to build love in your heart because the scriptures cannot be broken. The scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be there. Your heart will always go there. Your heart will always remember them. Your heart will always yearn after them to pray for them. Because you are also sending your resources. You are sending your finances. You are sending your prayers. You are sending material support. You are sending your finances. You are sending not things that you don't need. Not money that you you can, you know, that you, you don't need. But you are sending things that you really treasure. You are sending them also to take care of needs on the mission field and in the lives of missionaries. So, I want to encourage all my listeners today. I want to encourage you. You can be part of the plans by Cave Missions to send out relief materials to convert in five different locations in three local governments in the north of Nigeria. We are, there are more, and others are doing their own bits, but this particular converts that we are talking about are our own direct converts where we have invested years of missionary service. We have, we have properties, we have facilities in many of these mission fields, but many of these mission fields today, we cannot even go there. So I want to encourage and challenge you to reach out and get in touch with Cave Mission. Get in touch with me and let us know how you want to partner with this initiative to send relief materials to convert. Uh, we already have some materials on ground. Somebody uh, just sent uh, a big bag of uh, materials, clothing materials to send to the mission fields, particularly concerning this initiative. And I want to challenge and encourage you that you can be part of this. We still need more materials. We also need money to be able to buy food items, to be able to buy uh, 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 sleeping materials so that we can go and share for them. So, this is the end of today's episode. Remember, one of the best ways to, uh, to cultivate love for the nations, to cultivate love 
for missionaries, for mission field, is to ask God himself to build love in our heart. And one of the ways we can start doing that is by praying regularly for missionaries, for mission fields, and for the nations. I hope you have gained one or two new insights into why and how we can effectively reach those who truly and really need the gospel of Christ. You can reach me for your inquiries or your personal support for our initiative through my email, stevenicescave at gmail.com or send your comments also as text messages to 080-54-934-266 Until next time when I come your way again and bring another interesting topic for us to discuss about how we can engage our passion with missionaries and mission field to fulfill the need uh, to fulfill the mandate of the Great Commission. It is me, Steve Michel Media, saying bye bye and God bless you.